Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Good day to you over there. Good afternoon here and good evening, whatever time you are watching us. I welcome us again to this day to Dominion Studio. And I'm very sure that the Almighty God is ready to bless us again today. May I ask, how's your day been? I believe you have been doing so well and God is faithful. Out here is extremely cold. <laughs> it's extremely cold. It's about minus over minus 15, 16 degrees centigrade. And I don't know, I mean, wherever you are in the world, maybe in Africa, it may be hot. But I want to say that in the midst of the cold of earth, God remains faithful. He remains faithful. Today we'll be looking at um, how faith works. And that's what we'll be treating today. But before we go on, let's do a little bit of um, initial introduction of the program. Like you all know, <clears throat> Dominion Voice Christian Outreach is an outreach that is situated here in Edmonton, Canada. And we meet every fourth Saturday of the month. And when we meet, we meet to share God's word. And it's uh, people coming from different backgrounds, different race, color, tribe, and culture. We come together to learn at the feet of Jesus. And um, every day we pray. Every day we pray. We pray between the hour of 9 p.m. at Minton time here and 9.15, just 15 minutes. And the teleconference number, in case you want to join, you are please invited and you are free to join us in prayer. You can join us on 587-323-8550 and we'll just meet for 15 minutes. And every last Saturday of the month, like this coming Saturday, we'll be praying just for one hour between the hour of 9 a.m. in the morning, 9 a.m. in the morning and uh, 10, between 9 and 10 a.m. And we do that on Zoom. That we will broadcast uh for as many people who want if you want to join uh this prayer please you may send a request to dominion voice outreach at gmail.com dominion voice outreach at gmail.com and then we'll send you the link so that you can join us as we pray and in case you want to share your testimony or you have been blessed by these teachings or you have questions, please take the liberty to send me a personal mail to dominionvoiceoutreach at gmail.com and I promise you we'll definitely get back to you. I welcome us, every one of us. And if you want more resources from Dominion Voice Christian Outreach, please visit our website on www.dominionvoice.com. The Lord bless you as you do that in Jesus' name. So today we are looking at the, the topic, uh, how faith works. How faith works. A lot of people walk on assumption, thinking it is faith. And uh, because they are working on assumption, they don't get the desired result that faith will produce. And they will say, well, it's a guesswork. This matter of faith is a guesswork. But there are stages, there are processes that are laid down by God for every one of us to follow so that we can get the same result. It's like you're writing a software. If you write a software and you miss one part of it, you may not get the desired result. And I've come to realize that a lot of people who don't even go through this process, they don't allow this process to flow through. You realize that, yes, they may get the result, but what I would call faith accidents. That is, you get it now. Would you be able to get it again the next time? The answer may be no. 
it's just like somebody wants to come into a house and you have the keys if you have the key that opens the door you don't need to struggle you just get the key slot it in open the door and you come in and somebody else may say well i want to come in through the window somebody else may say well i want to get a, I want to get a machine a caterpillar to break down the walls and then i enter everybody would enter but the issue is every time you want to enter must you come in through the window every time you want to enter must you break through the walls the answer should be no we must have the keys once you have the key you can open without any damage and lock again without any damage at every point in time you can come in and out a lot of people use different different methods some possibly at times may use fasting and the faith just rises and then you blow through the walls and you find yourself in but must you always fast for you to get the desired result no fasting is good but you must not we must not always fast because we want to get the desired result if we can understand the process of how faith works we will be able to get the key and come in and out as we desire anytime we want anything from the lord or anything anytime we want to have a desired result amen so let's go straight let me give a quick a brief definition of faith i know we have looked at the definition of faith in different ways maybe um hebrews 11 1 we'll look at that but let me quickly give a few definitions faith i can define it as walking the ability to walk with god even in the dark our ability to walk with God even in the dark. Ability to walk with God even when all the details are not complete. God is not obliged to give us all the details of where he's taking us to. But he expects us to be able to walk with him with even our eyes closed and follow him. Faith is our ability to walk with God in the dark or ability to walk with God even when there is little or nothing of evidence to show. Another, another definition I want to give to yours is faith also, I can say, it's a guaranteed risk in working with God. Some will say, well, this you are talking about, Pastor Larry, is a risk. But yes, it is a risk. It's a risk when you look at it in the natural world, in the sense realm. But it is a guaranteed risk that you will get your desired result. Faith is a guaranteed risk of working with God. Faith, again, I can say, is the legal tender that we spend in accessing things from God. Now, if you live in the US or in Canada, you use the Canadian dollars to buy things at the store. When you're in the US, you use the US dollars. If you're in any other country, you use the currency there. Now, when it comes to accessing things from God, the currency we use is the currency of faith. So, if you desire anything from God, the Bible says anyone that desires anything from God must believe that he is and is a reward of them that diligently seek him. That is, you want to get anything from heaven, you can only access it by faith. You can access it by faith. So, faith is the legal tender that we use in accessing things from God. And I want to tell you, friends, if you don't have that legal tender, you may be shortlisted. You may, you may not be able to get what you want from the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, let's look into the scriptures. Now, the Bible says in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1, I want us to read from the Amplified Bible. We are talking of how faith works. It says, now, faith is the assurance, title deed, confirmation. Now, let's take it one by one. Look at that word now. Faith is always now. Faith is never tomorrow. Faith is always now. 
I've said it time before, say hope defers. Faith is now. That is when you say you have faith in God and you want to walk with God, you must believe that he is. Not that he will be or he was. He is and is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. So faith is now. He says now. That first word is important in Hebrews 11.1. Now. Now. Faith is the assurance. The title did confirmation. Now, the title deeds talks about what you have. Now, if you are buying a property, you don't need to go to the, to the specific location of the property you are buying, but before you have it, you have that property once you have signed the title deed. You could sign the title deed. I could be here in Canada in Edmonton and I sign the title deed here and somebody in another part of the world may have access to that which I have signed for. Once I sign it off, I don't or possibly if I want to buy a property, let's say in Saudi Arabia, I could sign the title deed could be signed to me here in, in Canada and I may not see the land and I just know I have it. So faith is now. It's being signed now. Is the title deed. I don't need to see it, the land, before I know I have it. Once I have the title deed, is the title deed, the confirmation of things hoped for, of things you are hoping for, divine guaranteed, divinely guaranteed. Remember what I said. Faith is a divine, divine guaranteed risk. So it says the of things hoped for, that is, there is a divine guarantee. That what you have, what you have believed God for, you have the divinely guarantee and the evidence of things not seen. Faith is that evidence. You don't need to see. So um, you, you don't see it, but you have an evidence that you have it. I've said this example before. Assuming I give you a check, I give you a check of, let's say, $1,000. You pick that check. Immediately I give it to you, you rejoice. How do you know there is money in that account? It is because there is an evidence. The evidence, somebody asks you, you, do you have the $1,000? You say, yes, I have it. Say, what is your evidence that you have it? You bring out that check that I have signed for you, a check of $1,000. Say, this is the evidence that I have the cash. Do you have the cash with you? Not yet. You don't have the cash physically with you, but you have the check. So the evidence of you having the $1,000 is the check. Is a check that you have. What gives you the assurance that that check you will get to bank, it will not bounce or it will not be rejected? It is the integrity of me who has given it to you. The integrity of the person that has given you the check is what guarantees it. So when God gives us his promise, it is a check. And when we, we have to rejoice upon receiving that check, why do we have to rejoice? Because we know that the integrity of the person who is giving it to us is at stake. The integrity of God. And that person, not only his integrity, the person who has also given it to you has the capacity to fulfill, to honor that check. So the capacity and integrity of the person who has given it. Now, when God gives a promise, he has given us a check. So we rejoice upon receiving it because we know that his integrity and his capacity is at stake. He has the capacity to fulfill and he has the integrity to fulfill. Now let's move on further. The evidence of things not seen, the conviction of the reality. That check that you are giving is the conviction of the reality. Faith comprehends as fact what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. You don't need to see it. You just know it as fact. That is, 
what you are looking at, what you have received in the intangible, you now bring it now to the tangible. Because facts, feelings, and fears, they are in the sense realm. So faith is that thing that you see in the intangible that you now receive it, and you now receive it as something, as fact, as physical. What does that mean? Paradventure, you are trusting God for a job. What do you do? You apply to a place, you pray, and then not only pray, you will now begin to, you have to now have faith. In God and Lord, I believe of all these CVs I've sent and all these resumes I've sent out, one of them is going to bring me my desired job. And then when you have sent it out, what do you do? You begin to go and practice for interview. How do I how do I answer? But somebody asks you, but you have not been called for the interview. He said, yes, I've not been called for the interview, but I know I will be called. Then you now bring what is in the, the reality in the, in the spiritual realm, in the supernatural. You now bring it to the sense realm. You now receive it as fact. I remember many years ago, um, about uh, maybe about 25 years ago now, when I, I wasn't married, but I was in courtship. I didn't have money on me. I just finished then. I've not gotten a job. I didn't have any money on me. And I wanted to go and visit my wife now, who happened to be my fiance today. And I woke up in the morning. I was living, myself and my cousin brother were living together. I woke up in the morning. He knew I didn't have money. I woke up in the morning. I went into the washroom. I took my shower. I began to dress. When he saw me go to dress, he now asked me, do you have the money? You said you don't have money yesterday night before we slept and you are dressing up to go and visit your fiance. I said, yes. He said, I'm going. And I dressed up. He kept quiet and he was looking at me. Said, well, let's see how you go. And maybe he's coming to ask me for money. But I was acting out the word of God. So I got dressed. I combed my hair. I wore my shoes, wore my socks and wore my shoes, and then I walked out of the house. And I was walking to the bus stop to go and pick the bus. Now listen to me carefully. As I got outside my house, I just saw a man who I worked for, or who I had a project for. He was walking at that same time, passing through in front of my house. Then, as he walked through in front of my house, he looked at me without me saying a word. He said, oh, Mr. Janoko, I'm sorry. I've kept you. I've kept your money for so long. I'm so, so sorry. So what did he do? He said, I'm going to pay you some of the money. He dipped his hand into his pocket right there and there and handed over, me money, handed over to me money. And the money that he handed over to me was enough for me to take as transportation from where I stay in Yaba, that is in Lagos, to um, Yetude Morgan, that is in Ikeja. And not only that, I was able to also have sufficient money to buy a gift. Now listen to me carefully. You may say it's a coincidence. It's not. That is how faith works. I dressed up and I walked out. You may say, well, did you know you're going to meet that man there? No, truly, I didn't know I was going to meet him. And what would you have done if that man did not walk past the front of your house? I would have still continued to walk to the bus stop. But God saw my faith. I got dressed, I combed my hair, and I moved out. And at that point in time, the divinity made sure that that man was walking by the supernatural. The man walked by that time, I didn't even ask me, ask him, he apologized and gave me part of the money. Now, what if I'd sat in the room? What if I'd not dressed up? That man would have passed and money for that trip would have gone with him. So what does that mean? It says, is the conviction, it says, uh, let's read that scripture again. The latter part of it, it said the conviction of their reality. Faith comprehends as fact 
what cannot be experienced by the physical senses. That is, while you are still in the, you comprehend it, what you have not seen with your physical senses, you take it and you believe it as fact, as the reality, as the fact of what is happening. So, having, this, having looked at this, what, how are you working with God? Are you expecting to see before you believe? Or you are expecting to have it before you know before you 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 can thank God. No. Faith is you don't see it, you take it as fact. What you have seen really, the promises of God, you take it as fact, as what as though it is already in the reality. Now let's say, for example, let's take one of the promises of God. The Bible says, Then I was young, now I am old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken, nor their seed beg for bread. What is faith teaching us? He's saying, you have to take it as, even though it's still in the reality, in the sense, in the spiritual realm, you have to take it as fact that I cannot beg for bread. So if anybody asks you, can you be stranded and beg for bread? You say, no, I cannot be stranded. I cannot beg for bread. You say, oh, why? Is it because you have money in your account? Or is it because your father has, you have built bond in the bond in the family that is wealthy? No, it has nothing to do with all that. It has to do with the reality. Every other thing that you can see, they are transient. They are able to pass away. But the things that you cannot see, they are permanent. That is, you cannot see the promise of God, the intangible. You have you cannot see, but you will now regard it as the fact, as though it is reality. So if anybody says, hmm. Can you beg for bread? You say, no, I can't beg for bread. You say, why is it that you're so sure you can't beg for bread? Then what you bring out is the check, the fact. That is the spiritual. That is the promises. That is, then I was young. They say, then I was young. Now I'm old. I have not seen the righteous forsaken. Not their seed beg for bread. Now, what's the condition there? The righteous forsaken. If you are born again, if you are saved, and we wash with the precious blood of Jesus, you have already become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. You are not going to be made righteous tomorrow. You don't even have your righteousness. Your our righteousness is like a menstrual rag. It's like a filthy rag, according to the scripture. But the righteousness we possess is the righteousness that we have in Christ. That's why the Bible says the righteous shall be as bold as a lion. If you are born again, you have the righteousness of Christ Jesus. So I won't take on that righteousness. You now, based on the promise of God, say, I cannot beg for bread. I cannot be stranded. I cannot beg for bread. Why? Is it because I have a job? No. Is it because I have money? No. But because of the infallible word of God. I want you to go listen to the series that we have started. I think this will be the fourth time. I want to go back and listen to the other ones that we've discussed. The infallibility of God's word. The integrity of God's word is what backs up that promise. So, faith you have to believe it. Let's look at another promise of God. The Bible says, "Then I was young." Or it says, "Now we know the great. The, 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 now we know the grace that is in Christ Jesus. That even though he was rich, for our sake he became poor." But look at the word there. It says, "Now we know the grace." Do you know that grace? Paul spoke to Timothy. He said, "Be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus." If you have not contacted that grace, you cannot walk. You cannot be rich. You can quote it from today till tomorrow until you first of all know that word says, now we know the grace that is in Christ Jesus. Do you know that grace? 
do you know the grace that is in Christ Jesus? Understanding and contacting that grace, knowing that it has nothing to do with you, it has all to do with him. That is that grace. Know the grace that is in Christ, that even though he was rich, for your sake and my sake he became poor, that we may be through his poverty become rich. So how do you know you can't be poor? Because you have to, first of all, know that grace. Now for the fact that you don't have money in your pocket, you don't have money in your account, does not mean you are poor. No. Mm -mm. Remember, those things you can see, they can pass away. Poverty can pass away. Lack can pass away. Irrespective of what you see now, even the pandemic, it will pass away. It can be, it will pass away. You have to contact this grace that is in Christ Jesus. You have to contact this grace. Now, what are the five ways, five steps to take? I'm going to take one today and I'm going to take the remaining four to um, next week. And I want you to log on at this same time. Now, let's look into the scripture. Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 11. Hebrews 11 verse 13. Hebrews 11 13. It says, These all died in faith, not having received the promises, but having seen them afar off, we are assured of them, embracing them, and confessed that they were strangers and pilgrims in the earth. Now, I want us to look into the scripture. Inside this single verse of the scripture are five points, five steps to take to ensure that you achieve and get what you desire from the Lord. That is the steps of faith. The first one, it says, not having received the promise, but, are, but having seen them afar off. That is the very first step in faith. You must be able to, they must be, you must be able to see. You must be able to see. Now, if you don't see, if you can't see, there is no way you can walk in faith. You must see with the eyes of the heart. You must see that scripture, that promise being fulfilled. You must see whatever you cannot see, you cannot have. Whatever you cannot see, you cannot have. You want to have a good home, you must see a good home. You want to live a stress-free life, you must see a life that is free of stress. If you can't see it, you can't have it. You can't have it. I hear several people say you cannot that when you have marriage is always about um, good, bad, and the ugly. I'm not saying that it's going to be up always a, um, an upward slowing graph because we don't live in a perfect world. But do you know that it is still within your control to have a blissful marriage as long as you see. Whatever you see, you attract. Whatever you see, you attract. Whatever you look at intensely, you attract. Now, let's look at the scripture. Genesis chapter 15. Genesis 15, verse 4 to 5. Genesis 15, verse 4 to 5. The scripture says here, it says, Now, and behold, the word of the Lord came to him, that is talking of Abraham, the word of the Lord came to Abraham, saying, This one shall not be your heir, but one who comes, who come from your own body shall be your head. Now, Abraham approached God. At this point, he didn't have a child. And he was saying, Lord, give me a child. But along the line, he tried to work it out. He tried to help God. He and Sarah came together, handed over a guy to, to, to him, and said, look, Sarah said, take her in. And Abraham slept with her and gave birth to a boy called Ishmael. And at this point, Ishmael was already a teenager. He was already grown, he was already a teenager. And what and 
and the Lord was, um, Abraham was now saying, well, this one will be my hair. Ishmael could be my hair. And God said, no, 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 it won't be your hair. But the ones that come from your own body uh, will be your hair. Now, two times in this, in this case, he was referring to the one to, um, to, to the servants. To the servant, he was referring to okay, maybe this servant will be my heir. But later, he now had Ishmael. He felt, oh, Ishmael could be the heir. And God said, no, no, no. The one that will come from that will be from your heir will be a child of promise. He said, it will not be your then for God to convince Abraham that look, you have to see. Then in verse five, he said, then he brought him outside and said, he brought Abraham outside and said, now Abraham, look now towards heaven and count the stars. If you are able to number them, and he said to him, so shall your descendant be. God had to tell him to come and say, look into the skies. Look at the stars. Look at the stars. And he looked at the stars. And as he looked, God was trying to paint pictures. God was trying to work on his imagination. Remember, our God is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all you are able to ask or imagine. Your imagination. You have to be able to think. You have to be able to see through the eyes of the heart. You have to be able to see through the eyes of your heart. You don't look at all the things that are negative that are around. You must be able to see what God wants you to see. Now let's look at another scripture and then I'll be able to I'll round off on that. And then we'll continue next week. Second Kings chapter 6, verse 15 to 17. 2 Kings 6, 15 to 17. The Bible says there in 15, it says, And when the servant of God when the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? This guy, this young servant, he saw chariots, he saw army. They came for the two of them, for, the, for his master and also for him. And that is Elisha. And he said, and in verse 16, so he said, do not fear, that is Elisha now telling the servant, do not fear, for those that are with us are more than those that are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened his eye, opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. Before now, he could only see with the eyes in the sockets. He could not see with the eyes of the heart. He could not see into the supernatural. He couldn't see the provision. So Elisha had always been seeing these things. He said, open it that he may see. And then the young man saw, and behold, the, mountain, the mountains were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Immediately this man saw, this young man saw, his attitude also changed. That is, he came from the realm where he was to the higher realm where Elisha was already had already been now listen to me the way you react the way i react to situation and circumstances are those are the things that determines whether you are seeing whether you are seeing whether you are saying if any you hear a news and it throws you off balance and it brings fear to you it shows whether you are actually seeing now listen to me I mean, let's permit it. We are human. There are times the fear may want to come. But you now must raise up your shield of faith to counter the fear. Because you raise your shield of faith to quench the firing darts of the devil. When that child of yours possibly is falling ill, 
what do you see? Now, the, the, what, what you see is also a function of the things that is around you. What are the kind of company you keep? The kind of company you keep determines what you see. If you are always, if you being an ego of God, the Bible says, they shall mount up with wings as eagle, referring to you. You shall mount up with wings as eagle. You are the eagle saints of God. Now, if you are born again, that's what I'm, that's what, that's what I'm talking to. Now, if you are an eagle and you always continue to peck with the chickens, you will not be able to fly as an eagle because all you are seeing are chickens. All you see are chickens. So it is important for every one of us to be able to see correctly. Don't see and stay among people who are naysayers. Don't stay among people who are telling you it's not possible. Don't stay among people who will tell you, oh, everybody's been failing, you will fail. No, you are an exception to the rule. You are a Goshen in the land of Egypt. You are different. The Bible calls you a royal priesthood. You are a chosen generation. You operate by a different set of rules. And you have to come to the reality that you are totally different. Listen to me. In fact, by way of the Bible, you are not even permitted to fall sick. You are not permitted to fall sick because you belong to the to a higher class of people. Thought John 2, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health. Be in health, not in healing. Be in health. Does it mean that as a believer you can't fall sick? Yes, maybe sometimes you may the, the devil may want to attack your health. And that's why the Bible says, is anyone sick among you? Ordinarily, you shouldn't be. So, but if there is anyone that is sick among you, let them call upon the elders. Let them pray for him, anointing him with, the, with oil. For the prayer of faith shall save the sick. Shall save the sick. And if he has committed any sin, note that word. Sin brings sickness. If he has committed any sin, he will be forgiven. Listen to me carefully. The way God designed the whole the design for all saints after the death of Christ on the cross of Calvary, the death and his resurrection. If truly we died with him and resurrected with him, he brought us back to the exact thing that we did, the exact position when we were in the Garden of Eden. He brought us back wherein there was no sickness, there was no pain, there was no fear, there was nothing. And that is the realm God has brought you and I to. And Jesus Christ said on the cross, he said, it is finished, it is finished. The laws, the things that hold us back is finished. But all these things, we cannot get it except we walk by faith. So you are an eagle. Stop pecking with the chickens. You are a saint. Stop comparing yourself to the sinners. The things that happen to the sinners will not come near you. Yes, with your eyes we will behold them, but it shall not come near you. We have to put on our shield of faith. Those things we want to come. The pandemic we want to come. That is why God is bringing this word to you. You must consistently carry your shield of faith to quench the firing darts of the enemy. Those firing darts will be shot at you just as it shot at the people in the world. When it shot at people in the world, it penetrates. But when it shot at believers, what do you do? You take your shield of faith and quench them off. I will stop here today, and then we'll look at the we'll look at the four remaining uh, the four remaining points. Don't miss it next week. Look out for this. The first thing is you must see between now and next week when we will meet again. I want to ask you the question: What do you see? What do you see? There are times you may need to change your environment. There are times you may need to change your friends. There are times you may need to change your your clique. There are times you may need, you may even need to change the preacher you listen to. 
if the preacher is not teaching you, if he's not bringing you to the faith, any preacher that teach you and bring, teach the word of God to you and he brings you under fear, run away from such. Fear is the opposite of faith. At the end of every teaching, you must fear must be dissipated away from you. You must have faith, God's kind of faith. The Bible says have faith in God. That is, have God's kind of faith. God's kind of faith does not have fear. All that I'm talking to you about, I'm basing it on the on the on the fact that Jesus is alive and that Jesus Christ is the word, and the word of God cannot fall to the ground. It cannot fall to the ground. It by two immutable things, the Bible says it is impossible for God to lie. Heaven and earth may pass away, but not a jot of God's word will go without being fulfilled. Everything we say, people may call it you. You may want to say bragging. All this bragging, make sure it is based on the word of God. Don't brag on your strength. Don't brag on your, because on your, by your own strength, by my own strength, the devil is going to finish you off. <laughs> but when you brag, brag in the word of the Lord. Brag on the word. Stay put on the word. Brag on the word and you will be fine. Because God has the right and he has the, he has the capacity to protect his word in your life. So, Everything must be on to the Lord. Bragging, stay in the word. Stay in the word. Stay in the word. Let your confidence be in the scripture. Let your confidence be in the read, in the, the word of the living God. Let that word come alive in you. And don't be afraid to see. Please see correctly. If you don't see, you can't possess. I want to stop here. But before I go, I want to ask you, are you born again? Are you washed with the blood of Jesus? You can only be saved when you are under cover. You must be under the cover. You must be under the Bible says that dwell in the secret place of the Most High. The secret place of the Most High is in Jesus. He will abide under the shadow of the Almighty. And he shall say of the Lord, is my rock and my strength. In him will I trust. Do you, are you in the secret place? If you are not born again, you're not in the secret place. But it's very simple. I want to lead you to Christ. It's just as simple as A, B, C. What is the A? Accept Jesus. B, believe. And then C, confess him. Confess. A, B, C of salvation. That is it. Now, I want to pray with you. Just close your eyes right now and pray this prayer after me. Lord Jesus, I come to you today to accept you as my Lord and Savior. I believe in my heart that you died and rose from the dead. And I confess with my mouth that Jesus Christ is Lord. Today, I receive you into my heart. Forgive me my sins. Cleanse me with your blood. I accept you today as my Lord and Savior. I am born again in Jesus' name. Amen. If you, if you pray that prayer with me, you are saved. You are born again. There is therefore now no condemnation for you. You, I am not more righteous than you are. What you have now is the righteousness of Christ Jesus, which is the same thing I have. So you and I are on the same predestined. You can pray and God will hear you. I can pray and you he will hear me. And we are now both declared righteous. Now I want to pray with everyone who has listened to this word. And as I pray with you, please, I want you to share this message. Share it out there. Somebody needs this message. There is someone that is struggling that needs to hear this message. Send it out. Forward it on your Facebook. Forward it. And if you are watching it on YouTube, I want you to subscribe and 
press the notification button so that you can be notified. As this is going to be streamed, it's streamed on YouTube, on Facebook, and Instagram. So I want you to share it, forward it. Somebody needs to get this word for him to be liberated from depression. He needs to be liberated from sickness and pains and diseases. But the first and foremost, you need to see, you need to hear this word. I want to pray with every one of us now as you share this teaching. Father, I pray for everyone under the sound of my voice that have heard your word. Your word has come with simplicity, and that is the power of the gospel. The power of the gospel is the simplicity of the word. Lord, I pray that as this word has entered into the hearts of your people, let it generate faith on their inside. Let this word grow on their inside. Everything that they have been seeing that is contrary, in the news, on the TV, on the, um, on uh, all around the world. Father, I pray that the grace to be able to remove themselves from seeing this and begin to see with the eyes of faith, Lord, I receive for everyone in Jesus' name. Every fear that the enemy has placed on the inside of you as a result of those things you have seen in time past. The Bible says there is a fear as spirit. I come against that spirit of fear. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. The Bible says God has not given you the spirit of fear. So any way the spirit of fear has enveloped your heart, I rebuke that spirit of fear and I cast it out in the name of Jesus. I pray for you today that you begin to walk in faith. You begin to see the way God sees. You begin to see correctly in the name of Jesus. Father, I thank you. Lord, I bless your holy name. Now I pray, Lord my God, that as we shall meet again next week to look at the remaining four points, Lord, I pray that you will help every one of us even to be able to key in and be able to understand the scripture in the name of Jesus. That is on the ground, O oh Lord, that you have not come. But if you have come, then we will be with you in glory and we will be at the marriage supper of the Lamb. But if you have not come, Lord, help us to be able to gather yet again to look at the truth of your word. Thank you, Father, for answering our prayers. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. Till I come, a, till I come again this same time next week, 12 o'clock in Edmonton and 8 p.m. in West Africa and Europe, or whatever time zone you may fall into. Find it out and key in at the same time. God bless you. See you next week.